One, two, three, four, five, and go. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the Substandard Expanded Universe. Welcome to the SSEU podcast recorded on Monday, the 12th of October. You will probably hear this a week from now, but we are very excited to be with you live nonetheless. Uh, Chris and Ryan, are you here? Mm, what yes. do we do if we say here? Do we say here? Present. Or yes, or our name? I mean, vote present. Like present? Most members. Most Red Velvet? Congress. Red Velvet? <laughs> We, uh, we have an exciting episode for you guys today. We are going to be talking about the, the hit movie from 2008 called Passengers, starring Anne Hathaway and Patrick Wilson. But be- before we get to that, uh, guys, do you, do you have any news? Uh, what have you got, been up to the past couple of weeks? I moved to a new city. You moved? Yeah. I'm getting to know my coworkers and tapping, tapping. Oh, that was you. Uh, how, is, how, falling, yeah, how do you like falling Sweden? Falling is a great. So for those who do not know, uh, I started a new job today uh, in Fallen, Sweden. You, Fallen, you, not, you not laid up your future war. You unlaced those shoes and put them on the shelf, never to place them on again. Uh, well, we will see about that. I'm still writing papers for journals. Your future uh, so. ward jersey is retired. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Inst- I, I went back to Sweden. I start a new job. And instead, I will get to uh, decide what Sweden's regional development policies look like. And so that will be a lot of fun. No, but... Uh, you're, uh, you're an analyst, right? You're a data, data analyst? No, no, I'm not. No, what are you? Uh, I'm a strategist. You're str- oh, you're an Whoa. anal strategist. Let's go. No, but it's great. Uh, as I, I, I was talking to Chris uh, before we started taping during foreplay. From my current apartment to work, it is a 12-minute walk. Uh, on my way back from work today, I stopped at the grocery store, and the walk was maybe 25 minutes max, something like that. And I had time to stop and get groceries. It is amazing i love so, it so far so do you guys have kroger there h-e-b to self-checkout self-checkout it's all wegmans no i'm not sure we do that here you you should have just left your full cart right there in the middle of the store <laughs> nowhere no yeah i'm, I'm kidding they, there is self-checkout in like large supermarkets they they do have it but not this little grocery that you can walk to I will admit, Ryan, I did not even look for the self-checkout line because I I care about people. I like people. Uh, oh, so what was like what was your cashier's name? Uh, Ahmed. No, I'm kidding. I actually don't know. Way to care about the cashier. <laughs> yeah, we, we can tell that you really care about people. So you put on winter tires, you said before you left on your parents' vehicle, right? I did. Yeah. Okay. And um, how many inches of snow are on the ground in in falling Sweden? In Fallen, uh, yeah. zero. Okay. Where my parents live, also zero. Uh, okay. But uh, I was uh, talking to uh, my mom earlier today, and she said that they're pretty much guaranteed to get snow this weekend. So okay. unlike 
what what is that? On the seventeenth of October, they're gonna get they're going they are going to have snow in the count day. the days between now and when there will be snow. One no, I'm sorry. Et, <laughs> two, three, four, fem. Fem. Fem days. There, Cinco, there will Cinco be days. snow was a great sequel to There Will Be Blood. I love okay. how uh, Nicolas Cage is the weatherman in that movie. <laughs> Chris, what is new in your life? I'm just uh, getting my, my house decorated, uh, preparing for Megathread Day. When is Megathread Day? Are you kidding me? Are, are you even kidding me right now? No, I, I know is, when is it this is. Is this a joke? I want you to, yes, I want you to tell our listeners when it is. I'm, I'm actually buying time so I can look it up. Is it November 2nd, 3rd, November 3rd? I thought it was later in November. I don't know. The 4th. See? Later. That's what I meant. November 4th? Later than the 2nd and the 3rd. I, I know it's a, a, I, I know why Ryan doesn't remember because I left Ryan off the original tweet in the mega thread. Uh, it, so it didn't start November 4th for me. These are painful memories uh, for him. Uh, Ryan, speaking of Twitter, I have been wanting to talk to you about this for a while. So, um, mm-hmm. as most of you know, uh, Ryan was off Twitter for a month, maybe, maybe more. Longer than that. However long it takes for your account to permanently delete. So, so Ryan lost his Ryan underscore Kinney 11 Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. How many followers did you have? Uh, like 800 or 850 or something like that. Yeah, like, like somewhere in the thousands. Like there were a lot of followers. Uh, and then yeah. Ryan came back and he, he, he took one of his, whatever you call them, one of his alternative Twitter accounts. Ryan lives an alternative lifestyle. When you took over the account, how many followers did it have? Uh, almost 900. How many followers does the account have after you started tweeting more frequently? 742. <laughs> so people things are, are going well. People are not amused. Like, that's not, that's not a quote from the substandard, the sub-beacon. <laughs> do, do you have a strategy for getting them back? <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm going to, on October 17th, when Donald Trump uh, announces that um, JFK Jr. is going to be his new vice president and running mate, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal that um, I'm also part of the campaign. And I also flew a plane into a storm and died and came back. I was oh. thinking a better idea might be a bunch of anti-masking memes, but, you know... You do you. Uh, uh, yeah, I, that like, uh, so JVL has talked about this, like just turning his Twitter into performance art and just going full, like, and not in, like, he, his idea was to just keep writing for the Bulwark exactly how he, what he always writes, but then on his Twitter account, just completely the opposite and not comment on why and just see how many followers he can get on Twitter by just being a full on Trumper and while at the same time writing for the bulwark and being very, very anti-Trump probably a lot because I, they probably wouldn't check. Yeah. So uh, guys, I can, uh, can we transition? I've got a segment I wanted to do. I just want to read a couple headlines. So Ryan, Ryan's in Austin. Uh, and I saw this headline from 
kens5.com is that like a channel k-e-n-s channel five i don't watch over the air tv so i don't know you don't have an antenna you don't have funny ears okay employee accused of stealing at least 1.3 million dollars in printer toner from austin (laughs) public library (laughs) and reselling online yeah that's a lot of toner yeah like there were apparently there was no oversight on purchasing (laughs) and so this guy was why is our budget never balanced (laughs) like where is this money going (laughs) like the printer's out of toner. Um, oh, I'm going to have to order some. Oh, okay. I, I swear that a box, uh, entire box just came in two days ago. No, that must have been something else. Okay. I'm not going to look into it. Yeah. Now, uh, these are these are headlines. So, I didn't, like, maybe this was a really long game. Like, maybe it's been doing it this was, for 50 it was years. Over, no, it w- no, it wasn't that long. I think it was, I, I want to say um, it was more like five years or something like that. It would have it would have to be because just simply the volume of toner going in and out. I mean, this yeah, but at the same time, like once they looked into it, um, it was like somebody definitely should have caught this like right away. This is obviously <laughs> way too much toner, and uh, but they just it, it was just you know he. I don't even think it was really, I think I may be wrong about this, but I don't, I don't think it's really his job. It's just that he had the, uh, he had the ability to purchase things. And so he just did. So so we we are talking about toner that goes to printers, right? Mm -hmm. When did either of you lost print anything? Oh, I print things. You do? What do Mm -hmm. you print? Uh, I mostly oh, tweets, <laughs> tweets, and transcripts of podcasts. So I don't have to listen to them. I can just read them. Yeah. It's pretty much a daily thing. Like, let's say you want to look at your tweets while you're say going poop or, uh, lying in bed. You print them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. well, you could always bring a phone with you. There's no phones oh. in the back. <laughs> Oh, There's no oh, phones okay. in the bathroom bed. I print out. I I I have to. Our our uh job applications not only like the i nine and w four was online, so they have to print out a paper application every time I try to hire someone. So that's the only thing I print. Other than that, mm. I don't. When we first started the church, oh, I have a great printing story. Uh, wait, are there not? Church? Are there not great printing stories? Uh no, they're all all they're all great. Anytime, anytime you can print something, it's great. Okay, let's hear it, Ryan. Let's hear it. So we recently, one of the properties we took on was a um, retirement home, and um, the staff is also of <laughs> dying what? age, a retirement home age. What, and what, what what is the number one garbage item among retirement homes? I'm going to say diapers. toners. Oh, diapers. Um, I know we're supposed to, but I haven't been opening up the bags and just oh. sifting through them before we throw it. So uh, I, we have to, that is a policy and we're going to get back to it. Okay. Um, I'm disappointing, but go on. Um, so one of the things we do when we start a property is we, we pa- I 
pass out trash cans to the residents and then we'll put like a flyer with our rules and like times of service and stuff like that, like hanging off the lip of the trash can. And then the property also want always wants extras of those so that they can give to uh, new move-ins. And so last week, you know, passed out the cans, gave them a stack of, um, I don't know how many it was. I, I think only had 10 extra flyers, um, but they had said, oh, as long as we have one, we can just, you know, scan it and uh, cop- make copies ourselves. And so, I don't know, it was four or five days later, the the woman who's at the front desk, uh, she sends me an email and says... And you print it out. Actually... No, she left the voicemail because I forgot she's old. So she called and <laughs> left a left a voicemail. And the voicemail was, hey, Ryan, um, can you send over another uh, copy of that flyer? Because uh, the one that you left us won't scan right. The bottom of it keeps getting cut off when I try to scan it and print it. And so she says, I'm going to, I'm going to scan it and um, email it to you so you can see what I'm talking about. And I'm just like, I, I have no idea what that means or how that, <laughs> and I'm like, it, it must be, there's got to be an, surely she doesn't mean, you know, what she actually said, but she did mean <laughs> what she actually said because she sent me the email and it is a, it's clearly a, a scanned copy uh-huh. of the flyer that I left but the uh, scanner was in landscape and the paper <laughs> was in portrait. And so the bottom of it was cut off and I was just like, yeah, she, I, it's the paper that this, this damn, this damn flyer, there's something wrong with it. The bottom keeps getting cut off. It's uh, hanging at, half of it's hanging out of the machine as I'm hitting scan. So I just sent her a, pre, a PDF and just said, uh, yeah, just print this. And I think that'll, that'll work. So, so there's a saying among um, people who sort of know computers is that when something goes wrong, there's usually shit behind the keyboard. This sounds like there was a shit in front of the scanner who didn't realize that you can actually pick the layouts of what you're scanning and like adjust and, it. You know, as you're troubleshooting that, that it was the, <laughs> the fault of the paper. That's way down. Check. You got to check. <laughs> and maybe an, I- maybe an identical version of the same paper that I can't figure out how to scan. Maybe that's going to fix this. <laughs> This one's not cut off, but then when I scan it, it's cut off. This paper, it's... Can you bring me another paper, please? Did you send her a copy in landscape mode? No, I just sent her the... That would have been pretty awesome. You should have sent her a cut off, like, PDF. Yeah. yeah. Be like, I don't know, it looks looks good for me. Yeah, but what's wrong? What's wrong with that? I... I think it's you. Imagine how confusing the world would be to someone like that. They're like, I'm looking at the paper, and it looks right, but the coffee machine. <laughs> and just the idea that, like, her first I'm thought is, I'm going to call the guy who gave me this piece of paper because it's... <laughs> something's wrong with this paper. Yeah. yeah, But I need one just like it. 
this is a brand new scanner. I know it's not the scanner. <laughs> I would have, I would have loved it if she called like the scanner printer yeah. repairman. Yeah, that would have been even <laughs> have him just, just have him come out. Yeah, <laughs> these people shouldn't vote. Doesn't Spooky work in IT? We should have him give us a, a list of his like his top five like stupidest like questions. You know, like because um, when you troubleshoot, sometimes like you, you get near the end and you realize that like they're they're like trying to enter data into the toaster instead of their computer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I did, um, when we first moved to Austin, I did network support. Um, and I, uh, overnight and I supported, um, DFAS, the, uh, defense finance and accounting services for the government. That sounds important. Yeah. Yeah. I had to do like an FBI background check and all kinds of stuff. I did DFAS and I did TSA. And, how did, you get that, how did you get that job without going to college? You know, they, they don't, don't if you, if you put a Bible college work. on there, they don't, they don't always call it. <laughs> um, uh, so the DFAS, you know, most of them, you know, are accountants. And usually with them, it wasn't anything too stupid. It was mostly like, oh, I forgot my password and stuff like that. Sometimes it was really annoying, dumb stuff. But the TSA people, <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, like, there were, uh, th- like, I- I'd lo- like, sometimes I'd have to remote into somebody's machine, and they were just like, you know, simply not clicking on the icon that the of the application that they were supposed to open, um, and then like I would hear stuff all the time about how, like, one time from Miami International Airport, it there was like, there's a plane that was on the tarmac and it was like a 747 and they had no idea how it got there. Like they're just, yeah, no, like that was cause I kept hearing the radio conversation in the background as the guy who is like one of the supervisors is resetting his password for like the 10th <laughs> night in a row because there's a plane here. We don't know. As in the crew, <laughs> was, the crew had left and they couldn't even ask the crew like where, like where no, I don't you... know. I don't know if that was it. And it was like they were just like, "How did that plane? How did they? How did they <laughs> land before? Like, shouldn't we have been given a heads up that they were landing before that they were just there?" And it just like over the radio, uh, it was just like, "Oh, um, you know the uh, what are they called? Um, uh, not ground control, but um, air traffic control." Uh, they're like, yeah, Ground control that, to major Tom. We don't know that we're trying to figure out which, um, which person in, uh, air traffic toll control landed that plane. We can't find anyone that will, is taking, uh, responsibility for it yet. Um, <laughs> this does not inspire any confidence good, in good. the, at least, no. at least it's just Miami international airport. It's very small. <laughs> This makes me feel ever more confident that Reagan was right in telling the air traffic controllers to go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do you guys have any other any good um, any other good print stories you want to share today, or should I move on to my next headline? What's your next headline, Chris? Well, this one is not nearly as exciting. This one is from the Detroit Free Press. Police: colon, Man pooped in box at Meyer in Belleville. Put it back on shelf. I don't see what, what else happened. What you, that, put it, put it back on shelf. 
I didn't read the story. I just read the headline. Yes, you get a box you and poop, you take it. You take a box down. You open it up. You poop in it. You put. What are you going to take it home with you? Then you put it back on the shelf. Let. Uh, they'll get to it. They'll get to it later. Well, can you go find a story? Uh, I feel like okay. Yes, I can. Uh, efforting. I miss Meyer. We had Meyer in Indiana. I, I really like Meyer. Is um, I feel like it is underrated because people don't talk about. It, but it is a very sensible stable supermarket where you can get most of your needs like it, and it's not it's really not like whole most of your needs like, huh it's not like whole foods like where like let's you say you're pay. let's say you're robert Kraft. <laughs> you go in the back and yeah no it doesn't say what yeah. it what it was a box of it's just there's security footage of the uh of, of the, the guy poop? he just in the aisle he just uh Oh, so he did it right in the aisle. He so he didn't like take it somewhere else. Yeah, the dirty he, deed. Okay. The Myers security footage recorded the suspect pooping in the aisle and then placing the box containing feces back on the shelf. Where else are you going to put it? <laughs> then they give the address of the Meyer so that no one ever goes there. Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that maybe this happened in like because a bunch of them are like twenty four hour. 24-7, they're open all day. Mm-hmm. But this was at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. <laughs> so other other shoppers definitely saw him. I don't think that's I don't think that that's uh, practicing. Uh, it, 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 is anyone surprised that the suspect was driving a Ford Escape? No, no, they're not. Because Ford Escape is a car model for perverts. All right, I got one more headline. You ready? This one's from Channel 3 KSN. I think Timothy Lewis gave me this, uh, sent this to me oh. again. Actually, this one, I did read the story. I shouldn't say, I, I did read this story. Here's the headline. NASA's new $23 million titanium space toilet ready to blast off for testing. <laughs> when do we get it? Well, who is, I haven't been invited to testing this. So, like, how, how are they testing it? I thought they were sending us one. I think they're blasting. I think they're going to blast a bunch of poop into it to see if it can handle it. And mm-hmm. then they will blast it into space. So, <laughs> so for uh, one of the big, uh, so the idea is, you know, in weightlessness, uh, a big deal is you don't want, you don't want a, a miss, right? The, the key is to get all the stuff in the toilet if you don't, if you miss, if you have a miss, a, you have a mist. Yeah, exactly. A poop mist. A drizzle mist. It's just yeah. all you know. So uh, cleaning up a mess is a big deal, and so they said we don't want any misses or escapes. Let's just say everything floats in weightlessness. As for number one, the funnels have been redesigned. Women can use the elongated and scooped-out funnels to urinate while sitting on the commode to poop at the same time. McKinley said, until now, it's been one or the other for female astronauts, she noted. Hmm. Commode. Coastal elitists. That was unfair. So now they can just scoop it out. But so, so is this true or not? Like, did the story about the Soviets just using a pen in space instead of like, the, uh, no, a pencil in space instead of a pen that can, can be used upside down? Is I have no fake? idea. 
is that fake news or is that real? Because this feels like they spent how much did you say? Twenty three million on For a space pen. Yeah. Why not just like you you grab a vacuum, you put it on the spaceship, <laughs> put it at the bottom of the toilet, and like when you poop, you turn the vacuum on, and it's just gonna. Mm-hmm. Listen, you're the poop doctor. You you could make twenty three million dollars by selling them yeah. Dyson's. Oh my god! Sell it, sell it to him for fifteen million dollars. Yeah, I missed my calling. I I will just grab an old Dyson, and it will do the job. Like scratch up the name and write Thomas on it or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lassie. It's a Thomas. Lassie. It's a Lassie. Everything's better with a the Lassie, they say. Do you have any other headlines, Chris? That's it. Can we? So I am really excited about this. Can we talk about the movie that we have selected for this week? Absolutely. This right. movie is special. For this week, the, the person who picked this movie <laughs> is none other than Ryan David Marcus Thoreau Kinney. So, so Ryan picked this movie, and at first I thought that he was referring to the 2018 Passengers movie. It was in 2018. It was like 2012, right? No, it's 20, like 2016, maybe? 16, 16 sounds right. I don't know. It's, it's, like, it's much later than right. Passengers from 2018. So, uh, 2016 and 2008. Those are the two ones. Okay. So Every eight years, they make it passengers. <laughs> we're, almost, we're due for a passengers here in four years. In 2018, uh, there was... Why do you keep saying 2018? This is going to drive me crazy. Okay. Uh, in, two, in 2008, there was okay. an American-Canadian romantic mystery <laughs> thriller film starring Anne Hathaway and Patrick Wilson in, like, The Leaves. Quote unquote. Uh, also in the movie is David Morse and Diane David West. David Morse. Yeah. And, uh, there's someone else. Uh, who's her boss? Who's Anne Hathaway's boss? I reckon. Uh, Andre Brower. Uh, Ryan, do you know the budget for this movie? <laughs> $25 million. How much did it pull in at the box office? <laughs> well, I don't, like, I don't know what they needed to break even but I don't think it was five million. <laughs> so a budget of 25, it pulled in just over like five million at the box office. It, it might not have been a success. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about this genre? A romantic mystery thriller? What other films would you say could be categorized that way? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Can you think of any? No. I, I I was I was completely I don't know how this uh, I don't know how how, they, got, how, how, they, they how people agree yeah and then yeah. like how did they get stars to like like the elevator did, the elevator pitch for this is is um is, it's like the sixth sense except a romance sure and and a plane crash but also uh, it doesn't make sense no. This makes sense at all. I don't understand <laughs> most of the most of the movie. I I uh, the way that Patrick Wilson was behaving, I assumed he was the bad guy <laughs> because he was dick, and he was just clearly a, super, a lunatic. Super, yeah, super creepy. Uh, you know, uh, I, I don't like uh, <laughs> Ryan. Do you remember the Do you remember the movie uh, Mister Wrong? Ellen DeGeneres. Mm, um, maybe. Who's in it? She's dating. 
what's his name? I, let me look it up real quick. Is it Patrick Wilson? It's not Patrick Wilson. <laughs> okay. 1996 film starring Ellen DeGeneres and Bill Pullman. No. Critical no. failure, box office bomb. But the 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 essence of it was that, like, she kind of likes this guy, and then like a third of the way through the movie, halfway through the movie, she realizes he's insane. Mm-hmm. But like he he somehow covered up well, and then so the the second half is it's 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 a weird it's a it's a kind of a black comedy. So this Wikipedia calls it a romantic black comedy, where um, the second half is her trying to extricate herself from this insane person. That's what this seemed like to me. That like he was would so have creepy. made right. That would have been that would have at least okay. That this this that makes sense. That a little bit, but yes, Thomas. Uh, so. So, so for our listeners, the basic plot is that an airplane crashes. It is completely destroyed. Like there, there's uh, the entire. It's broken in, into pieces. Like it's like you know, Flight ninety three, but somehow well, uh, ten yeah. people survive. Yeah, this they're is just walking, first. They're fine. This, this is <laughs> yeah, they're they're physically fine. Yeah. Like, totally fine. Like, not even a cut. How do you survive that plane crash? Like, it, it shows the plane, like, bits of the plane on the ground. And yeah. it, it has obviously broken into, like, thousands of different pieces. And there are fires everywhere. Yeah. But there are still people that survived this thing. And they're just walking around. Yeah. On the beach. Yeah. On the beach and, where it And crashed. apparently, airlines have on contract psychologists, therapists, to do group therapy sessions with survivors of plane crashes. Right. To all right, all right. try to steer them into not blaming the airline. All right, all right, slow down, slow down, slow down. All right, so, so we have a plane crash, and then we have a psychologist or a, a psychotherapist, uh, in this mm-hmm. case, Anne Hathaway, who is tasked... She's not an anaerobist. Well, and she's no, not she a has... doctor because she can't even write prescriptions. She has two masters and mm-hmm. is procrastinating writing her dissertation so she is not yet a poop doctor like don't send her poop and and, and so she shows up at the hospital yeah because <laughs> where, she gets a she gets a call she gets the call needed. where her where the therapist boss is where boss therapist yes. is waiting for her the, the black and guy what, what do you say his name is Andrew andre brower andre brower clearly she's having struggling in her life doesn't really know seems like she doesn't really know if she wants to be a therapist or not <laughs> andre brower is telling her that okay you we got we got 10 survivors um i'm gonna give you all of them just <laughs> like goes from zero patients to 10 just <laughs> and it seems more and it doesn't seem like he's as concerned with the passengers as hoping that she learns something out of from this experience. <laughs> she is procrastinating writing her PhD. She has, I assume, maybe never had a patient before? She certainly doesn't have any at the time that she was given 10. Because so. this, is, this is, I mean, these days after the crash, that's all she does is mm-hmm. deal with these patients and follow them around. But we'll and- get to that. So, 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 so they're at the hospital and, and uh, where she meets Patrick Wilson, who mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, this one is, is euphoric. You know, this one, he's kind of weird. And they draw back the curtain and he's just sitting there naked and grinning. Mm-hmm. 
his character's name is Eric, right? I believe it's the Ocean Master. Oh. He is the Ocean Master. Patrick Wilson is sitting there, and uh, she, uh, Anne Hathaway, approaches Patrick Wilson, and he starts very awkwardly and cringe-wordily <laughs> flirting mm-hmm. with her. Yes. Yeah. Very. Uh, I. I don't know. I don't know what he was. I don't know if he was. I don't know what he was trying to do because it was uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> and I wanted that scene to be over, but it dragged on. I, 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 so, I tell you, you're in a plane crash and then you're, you know, immediately hitting on a therapist. It, you're, you're not going home that night, but <laughs> they, they send him. She's like, he's good to go. Let him put his pants back on. Yeah. He can go home. Well, the thing is that he doesn't want to put his pants back. Right, that's true. No, he does not. <laughs> he, he's he's uh, he's apparently had an awakening because he's his his life is is changed. I mean, he says for the better. He definitely is acting like uh, just like the scummiest guy in the world <laughs> and just a real creep. And so the the way he's playing it. Is you're like, oh, he's definitely, he's definitely the bad, whatever's going on. Like he is, you know, he's, he's, he's not, he's not a good guy. He's, he's, he's bad. Already at this point, you're like, you're, you're thinking about like, what, what does this guy have? Like, obviously he's like in like <laughs> some way damaged or whatever, but like, he, like, he obviously has something. And you know that the thing that he doesn't have is game. Like there is, there is zero <laughs> yeah. Zero fucking game here. Like, none whatsoever. Anyway. And so any competent that, therapist would have alarm bells just ringing. Like, wow. Right. Like, this patient is not going to respect boundaries. This no. is problematic. This is... Right. Thankfully, okay, thankfully, she's not a competent therapist. So, no, we, no, have an, no, no. we have an entertaining movie in front of us. So yeah, Right. Instead, what they do is that they schedule a date. But we'll, we'll get to that uh, <laughs> later on. Uh, and so, 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 she talks with him. And then, I think it's like the next scene or something is when... Or the next important scene is where uh, she gets home, and we are introduced to uh, Diane West, her really, really, really creepy neighbor who yes. shows up uh, outside right. her door and All the time. asks questions about I don't know, like is she asking about her milk or something like that? It, she brings her her laundry. She says, "You left this in the dryer a few days ago," and then she also says, "You haven't picked up your newspaper." in several days either apparently and Hathaway supports print journalism and uh and is just like you know walks right into her apartment as she opens the door and and just is very very much gets puts herself involved and and wants to you know wants to give in Hathaway advice in the like it, it, like just the weirdest way that you could like not it like it definitely seems like it's another situation where it is um, somebody is uh, this woman is stalking her for nefarious reasons. Anne Hathaway doesn't detect you know psycho- psychotic people around her all that well. Like she doesn't diagnose that well. <laughs> She's a very low emotional intelligence apparently, <laughs> which is good for us psychiatrists. One of the next scenes is when Anne Hathaway is having one of these, like, group sessions for sure. the survivors. Of course, of, the- of course it's a group session. 
<laughs> yeah. Did you say that there were 10 of them in total? Yeah, there's 10 in total. There are five at this session? Something like that, yeah. Six, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember how many. Uh, yeah, there's a few missing, for sure. Right, and so, like, what you want to do after a plane crash is that you want to get in a room and then tell complete fucking strangers how exactly you felt about it and how you're dealing with it. That, yeah. that makes complete sense. Uh, but then, at this session... Uh, she's going around like the group and asking them like, what did you, what did you feel? What did you think about it? And she gets to a guy and the guy is like, I don't know, like he, he saw a light or he saw an explosion or something like that before the crash. And then there was some immediately starting to woman to him about how the crash happened. <laughs> right. Interrupt him and it's like let the dude tell his story he is telling his story about she's, how it happened he he says there was like an explosion while they were still in the air and she says no that's crazy there wasn't an explosion until we hit the ground and we all survived uh this is the first time i realize that she's actually she works for the airline because she goes right. to see david morse who apparently uh, apparently the ntsb sat this one out <laughs> they're just like you guys you just let the airline handle it you know yeah you got you guys investigate this one we trust you and david morse is the airline's investigator and he, and he apparently he works at the ticketing counter in the airport because because <laughs> he's always there that's where he, he just is like i know where to find him he's at the ticketing counter right <laughs> i'm gonna go to the airport <laughs> where you buy a ticket yeah. and that's where the investigator he has a he has a standing desk there and that's just where he works He's very, he's a sinister character and he's definitely trying to push her to, you know, kind of steer the survivors toward just, it was a pilot error, you know, there's Uh, nobody. uh, Okay, so so I I disagree with this characterization of him as a sinister character and we will get back to that later in the movie. Uh, Oh, really? Oh, really? So, wait, why would he be, if he wasn't a sinister character, why would he be trying to influence the you know, testimony of the survivors. He's essentially the hero, and we'll we'll get to why in a little bit. Can we can we talk about what he's trying to do though? Is is she's she's like there's a conspiracy. There was like there was a an engine failure like this. Like these planes are dropping out of the sky, and he's like, no, no, no. It was, it was don't worry. It was just an overworked pilot who's like super tired. He missed, and... he missed the runway. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, Oh, uh, uh, shit, we missed the runway. Let's nose, <laughs> I'm just going to nosedive this bitch. But as if, as if somehow, like, in pilot incompetence is, is somehow better for the right. airline than, yeah. than a plane falling apart. Yeah, I don't but, understand, like, why what he was trying. To... Uh, but all of you are, both of you are missing an important plus point, which is that during the first group session, they also spot <laughs> someone I in the know. garden staring just at them. Staring at them. But they, they're staring in, but then when they notice that they're seen, they like run away, right? Or disappear? Right. Yeah, yeah. That, that happens. You know, yeah. you want a little bit of fear and confusion in your uh, group therapy sessions. Just, <laughs> you just, just have random people show up and stare at everyone and then take off. And, and so I watch this movie totally cold. And so as I'm watching it, I am just really struggling to characterize, like, what is this movie? Mm-hmm. Like, why yeah. are there people appearing I, like in the distance and then disappearing? Why is there? Uh, why is this airline executive trying to manipulate the? F- None of this makes sense. When David Morse appears as the, he's not an executive. He's the 
I don't know what he does for airline, right? He's a ticket person. Uh, but like, when, when he appears, you have, you have Anne Hathaway, you have Patrick Wilson, you have Diane West, you have David Morse. And I'm like, this cast is a tough thing. Yeah. Uh, They're all great. And <laughs> what, all made the I mean, same. Not, they all made the same bad jokes. <laughs> they all needed a paycheck at the same time. But, but so flash for a bit. So she has this encounter with David Morse as a ticket counter. And she's like, what's really happened? Whatever. Then she goes to visit Patrick Wilson's character. Sure. He, he refuses to participate in the therapy. Not even, he doesn't want to do one-on-one sessions. He doesn't want to do the group session. The only way he'll talk to her is if she doesn't, you know, psychiatrist him. <laughs> Because she has no other responsibilities in life besides treating these ten patients, she yeah. has time to just go to his house. Right. And and and, yeah. and and of course, as as a uh, as a young woman, she's comfortable just visiting a, a psychotic person uh, who's, and who displays threatening tendencies. Right. Definitely hit on her well, in a. So- in an aggressive way, a threatening way, and un- while he and while she, he's naked, you know, and, and of, she she over and over made it clear that she doesn't want him to continue, and every time he says okay, and then he does it again. Right. So keep in mind that Patrick Wilson is talking to Anne Hathaway, and he says, "You are very very attractive." In real life, there is a zero percent chance that this would work. Now, Patrick Wilson is a good actor. And I have no idea what he was doing. Like, I couldn't decide if, like, he hated this movie and was just not trying, or if he was, like, just really thought he had something. Because, like, the 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 entire time after the plane crash, like, he's he's trying to play, like, this, you know, mysterious, like, maybe, like, kind of... I don't know, uh, a little uh, mischievous guy or maybe even an evil guy, but he's just, it's just so weird. And the way he's doing it is just, it's just horrible to to watch. Yeah, the movie is setting up this as, as, as a creepy romance, but also they want to get this thriller element in. So she, while she's trying to doctor him, they insert mm. two other things in the scene. She's also trying to be an investigator. She's like, some other people notice. Yeah, she's taking on the flashes of light. So, so she's trying to uncover this conspiracy. Yeah. But also she notices that he knows how she takes her coffee. And she makes note of that. He's like, he, he knows how she takes her coffee. And she later says to her mentor, could it be that he has ESP? <laughs> Extra, and, extra sensory perception right. that he got from the crash. That's, this is her scientific Oh, good observation, doctor. <laughs> yeah, like he might be actually reading her mind. Yes. It, yeah, because that's not the only time. So the first time she shows up at his apartment, it's super creepy. She is clearly uncomfortable, like wanting him to stop. And she taught, you know... She talk, but she keeps doing like, and she talks to Andre Brower and like, so you know that um, that one guy who refuses to participate in therapy keeps suggesting he wants to have sex with me in an aggressive way. I should just keep showing up at his apartment alone, right? Well, yeah. I, so the, the last thing that Patrick Wilson says to Anne Hathaway when she visits visits his apartment the first time is, uh, 
drop by any time or something like, like like some fucking garbage line that he delivers completely without feeling. She goes and visits her boss and she like, maybe he's a psychic or whatever the fuck it is that she does. Um, right after that, one of her patients storms her outside her office, like maybe this is after a session or something, mm-hmm. uh, like and forces her into her car and forces her to drive away because someone is following her. Someone's like, following her. Like, like, well, she is obviously fucking nuts. Like, he, he doesn't have, like, all the screws in her. <laughs> oh, no. And um, Anne Hathaway indulges uh, this. Uh-huh. It's what uh, a good doctor does, right? Is they indulge the, the, the twisted fantasies of their patients. Let's see where this goes. I'm just, she's, at this point, she's just trying to, like, you know, not be bored with, you know, being super educated and wealthy. And she just wants to have a good time. She doesn't really care about. Clearly, which I, I kind of wonder, um, who is being me too here? Is she Katie Hill? I mean, because she's the doctor in this relationship. She, she is the one who has the ethical obligation to not bang him. Mm. Right, because because she is in the power position, she has a professional obligation to not bang her patients. But he did say drop by any time. Later, Anne Hathaway again visits Patrick Wilson, and Patrick mm. Wilson, who like he cannot flirt. Like this is not a <clears throat> skill that he has. He has zero game. I don't believe that any human existing on the face of the planet. See, I've seen him in other movies where you know he is charismatic and he's you know charming. I, that's why I don't. I'm just. He's I, swept, the ocean so master. He's the ocean master. Yeah, he's well, the ocean yeah, master. Like, like he, he obviously like there. There is a zero percent chance that Anne Hathaway would sleep with this character. Like there, there is not a chance. He's painting a wall, and Anne Hathaway shows up, and he's like, "Oh, here, take a not a pencil, a uh, paintbrush what, what, and a paintbrush," and she starts to paint the wall, and he's like. Oh, you're so great at that. Like, it's obvious that he is lying or whatever. Like you both have kids. Like when your kids are painting, you will tell them that. Oh, you're doing such a great job. His- yeah. Right. Oh, That's yeah. kind of what he does. Yeah. I definitely know yeah, what that like, is. Like, like Anne Hathaway is only obviously doing a shit job if she actually has any paint on the fucking brush. And it's like just just tell them they are terrible. Like if you have kids. Tell your kids they're doing a bad job because they need to learn. Like they need to learn. Life, How else right? are they going to learn? What's the? Uh... He climbs up on the roof, and she assumes he's going to commit suicide. No, 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 no. Okay. Wait. Oh, so, so, that, okay. The woman. Serious. The woman with the woman. So she is like. So finally, she's back at her apartment, and she's looking through the basket of laundry that the woman brought her, and she realized, and she kind of like exasperated. Uh, and she walks down the laundry room, and she's like looking in all the dryers. And the woman who bought, brought her the laundry uh, pops out from, <laughs> I guess, behind one of the dryers. I think she was waiting there the holding, whole time, <laughs> holding a black dress and saying something like, "Are you looking for this?" And she's like, "Ah!" Like recognizes it. So she returned most of her laundry, but she <laughs> kept the dress, and then waited for her to go back down to the laundry so she could pop out and so uh, on, on a scale from zero to 14 how creepy is the neighbor well, super place? creepy and at this super point creepy. doesn't doesn't Anne hathaway get a little bit creeped out yeah like a little bit but not like you know not enough to uh 
do anything at all or really re- <laughs> react to it other than just like, oh, another thing I have to deal with. It's almost as if this neighbor has nothing else to do, like has no other purpose than to just kind of sit around waiting. And considering her. who she is, she definitely played that a little too like uh, flirty. Diane <laughs> West? Yeah. Like it definitely seemed like she was kind of like stalking her because, you know, she wanted to. Eric or Patrick Wilson, the, the guy with no game, he moves into stalker territory when he just shows up in the middle of the night mm-hmm. at Anne Hathaway's apartment. If he hasn't been me too before this. Because they agreed they were still going to, they were, so after she, after he, it's the second time she goes there and they paint and he keeps hitting on her and hitting on her. She says, okay, if we're, she lays down the law. If we're going to continue to hang out, I'm going to agree. She don't have to do therapy, but we can, uh, you know, keep hanging out, whatever we're doing. You cannot hit on me. Like you have to stop. And he agrees and then does it like 10 seconds later. (laughs) So then after that, the next time they see each other, he just shows up at her apartment with, did he bring her? He brought her something. Didn't he? All I could think about is that like in the, in the, like, so he shows up and he talks to Anne Hathaway for a little while. And then in, like the next scene, the neighbor remarks that he was really handsome. So that's where then she shows up at his apartment and he's on the roof of his what? condo. So he's still like euphoric and he's just like, well, I have this new lease on life. I survived. You know, I want to go look at the stars or something. And she's just terrified. And he's like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I just terrified her even more by just doing the thing that she says not to do? And so she's terrified of heights, but she goes up there anyway because she, she's like, you're going to kill yourself, and I want to make sure you don't. Right. And then – And so then he's just sitting in a lawn chair once she gets up there with – But then he jumps off of it onto a lower yeah. roof, which she doesn't realize is there, and she, so she freaks th- out. Right. And she runs over, and he's just laughing. He's like, ha-ha, oh, you thought I killed myself. Yeah. It's just it's just playful, flirty, you know, faking suicide. You know, we we all do it Mm -hmm. here and there. You know, yeah, you know, if you if you're you know your first few approaches aren't working, (laughs) you're striking out. Pretend to kill yourself a few times, and then do they go for the motorcycle ride? They go for a motorcycle. Yeah, at some point, is that where they? Yeah, I think that's where they leave after. I have to say, I watched this movie just the other day, and I can remember almost nothing of it. It's the least. Like as I'm watching it, I'm like, I gotta take notes because, for some reason, like this movie is not sticking with. I maybe that's just maybe I'm, that's just my own brain. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, so the the motorcycle ride, she's freaked out again. She's like, you know, that's dangerous. Like, aren't you gonna wear a helmet? Poor this helmet. Is, this is a terrible idea. But she no gets glasses, on anyway. No goggles. <laughs> she gets on anyway. Right. She's like, well, you're gonna try to kill yourself. So I guess I, I should better. Just get, I I guess I have to. Let's just die together. Thing with you. <laughs> But but then once she gets on, like she starts like sniffing his neck, like it's kind of like a Joe Biden thing. It's starting to work. <laughs> it's starting to work. Yeah, no, uh, like they, they have, so. They Thomas, you say he doesn't have game, and yet like this like suicide dangerous thing. Like she's smelling his neck at this point. We're more than halfway through the movie at this point, and I keep thinking that Patrick Wilson's character is gonna it's gonna be a turn. He's gonna be bad. And that this is when I started thinking, wait, does the movie want us to like him? Because he's they're not 
they're not like there's no consequences to anything that he does and i'm like i think he's like kind of supposed to be like the hero but why is he just a complete asshole and really creepy because then they um they they go on a motorcycle ride he he convinces her to go out on a i, I missed the part i didn't know if it's his boat chris said it wasn't his boat I think. No, he says he, he says very clearly that she's okay, like, you own a boat, and he's like, I missed nope. <laughs> yeah. They go on a motorcycle ride. They go to this marina, wherever it is. They just get on a fucking boat, whichever random boat it is, and he just steals it. She's <laughs> fine with it. Yeah, she's yeah. all right. We're just gonna go. Now we're gonna be completely isolated out on out on the water at night. And then Patrick Wilson has this great idea that, oh, he's going to go swimming. And so they, they have this discussion about how water is cold. And it's like Patrick Wilson or Eric has not heard George Costanza's words of wisdom that when the water is cold, it is going to shrink. He doesn't give a shit. He just like undresses and dives in and it obviously shrinks. And then Anne Hathaway thinks that he is drowning, and so she dives in after him, and they kiss. Yeah, I don't know how long. She, yeah, he's under the water. She thinks, oh well, no, he, he's the ocean master, so he can, he, he can, he doesn't need to breathe. Right. Like he, he can breathe he underwater. Can, he can breathe underwater. So he's wait, he waits. It's clear that it's it's like the water is like thirty degrees or, or thirty three mm. degrees. He jumps in, and she's like, Eric. Eric for like six minutes and he doesn't say yeah. anything. So she gets freaked out and she jumps in to save him. And that's when he pops up uh, because this whole like fake suicide thing is really effective. Uh, you know, she's so relieved he's alive that of course she has sex with him yeah. uh, right there on the boat. As one does. They cut out the scene where she was like writing up the report and where she put in following with standard procedures I went out on the crazy man's boat at night alone. He again tricked me into thinking that he committed suicide. So I, of course, had to sleep with him based on the psychiatric principle of three strikes and bone. (laughs) You learned that in psychiatry school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I, I don't care what people say. Like he, he's been in 30 degree water. It's, <laughs> it's obviously shrunk. Regardless of what people say, size, at, at that point, size matters. Like if you are going to like ha- have like one fourth of a pickle and that's all you got mm-hmm. to do, like, it doesn't matter how well you do. Now, if you are Michael Fassbender and you go in cold water, it's like it shrinks to above average size. Right. You're but still, he's not, I mean, it, it, in fact, it's actually helpful for Michael Fassbender. Like it's less intimidating, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think he probably soaks himself in cold water before dates. Uh, so then um, she has to, uh, you know, meet with her boss and give him an update on how it's going. And so she she meets with him at the park or something. I don't know. I guess they don't have offices. Um, <laughs> but uh, right away, Andre Brower is just kind of like, you know, Quisner, just like how how is it with how is it with Eric? And basically, you know, knowing that uh, he, he's he's hinting that he knows that she slept. I don't know how he would know that, but. Apparently he knew that was going to happen. <laughs> just... Is this a scene where he's like, tr- like trying to hold back a smile the entire time? I guess, yeah. So, so this movie was filmed in in Vancouver's, and there's an interesting website where you can see every single location that they filmed it in. So we could actually look up. At, so maybe, the, maybe it's just they're like, well, I don't know. Like we only got this location for a day, so we're gonna have to have them meet. I, I guess outside. Yeah. By the pier. I mean, they spent the twenty-five million, and we uh, can see it all on the screen. You know, so, right. 
Do you know which show was uh, filmed in Vancouver, but uh, taking place in uh, California? The OC. I think you've seen this. No. Ryan, do you know? Tons of stuff is filmed in Vancouver. So, like, Well, I mean, I mean Sky takes place in Santa Barbara, but it is all filmed in uh, Vancouver. Why did you want to watch Psych? It's not a show that we watch. Great show. Oh my God. You guys can go fuck yourself. There is this sister plot that I'm not sure we have spent any time on. I'm not sure it's actually important. but The conspiracy. People are being she, followed. She breaks into a patient's home because he hasn't been showing up at sessions. Which is another a thing, thing you do. That's yeah. another thing you do. I, I, what I really like about this movie is that it, it lets you see someone at work and like i've always wondered what it's like to be a therapist and so we get to see just like what it, what that profession the real, looks like. the real the real trade craft yeah i mean you you, tra- you intimidate your patients you break into their houses it's interesting yeah Th- thomas mentioned there's the what? sister no. plot so like somehow her sister has disappeared like she she keeps calling her on the phone and she goes to her house and she's not there she brings her flowers she goes back and the flowers are wilted and i don't know how how many days are supposed to be going mm-hmm. by here but enough for flowers to wilt and, and her sister's just not there david moore shows up and he's like you're supposed to be a fucking psychiatrist <laughs> like you're supposed to be taking care of these people instead you're sleeping with them like are you insane like this is not how a doctor behaves she fully buys into the conspiracy with all of her patients who are increasingly not showing up for sessions and then and then there's this patient who has like no memory of anything he's like i i can't remember anything i think i was on the plane but i can't remember anything and then there are more mysterious people who are kind of like will kind of like show up and stare but then run away and at some point here patrick wilson decides to go to the crashed airplane and then sit down in his chair as if the plane is going to take off or something and just Lounges there and has some and flashbacks or whatever. You can all you can always do that after a plane has <laughs> crashed. You can just kind of go and um, you know, you can just sit reenact, on reenact. You know, just yeah, do whatever you want. Just it's, take it's stuff, a reunion. It's know. like the reunion. Yeah, take it's, pic, it's take not, selfies. It's, yeah, it's not the, it's not evident. They don't have to like piece everything back together from the plane. You can you know. All right. Uh, all right, so 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 there's this key scene where this creepy, strange man that no one knows uh, that we've mentioned. Uh, I, I I called in my notes. I called him the hobo, uh, and yeah. he he shows up and Anne Hathaway takes him to the airport. When they get to the airport, the hobo and Anne Hathaway starts to yell at David Morse. Uh, this is where uh, I start to lose the plot because it turns out that the man doesn't actually exist. It's just Anne Hathaway making him up or. I don't even know. Cause she, cause she turns around and he's not there. Right. And so we're like, is so, so I think the viewer, I think we're supposed to think, Oh, is she crazy? We're supposed to question everything. Right. But this is a thriller. Mm-hmm. And so what is the conspiracy? Her sister's gone. Oh wait, this like, maybe this guy is a figment of her imagination. Right. We're questioning everything. Right. So, so not only is she sleeping with her own patient, she's also imagining that people exist. And she should obviously be the one locked up in some sort of mental asylum. And, and w- at what point does Eric go and stand in front of a train? After, Are we there yet? No? After, it's like right after, um, I think she tries to start a cult and she just has everyone move into her apartment because that's right that's at one right. point there's like three or four of them just like she finds anyone she can and she's like you know it's a conspiracy come live with me 
Mm-hmm. The only the way to be place. safe, yeah, is to, is to, to with move. the with the psychiatrist paid <laughs> by the airline who's trying to follow all of us. Can either of you explain the role of the dog? Well, we see this random dog that only at one point late in the movie does Patrick Wilson recognize, and he says, "That's yeah. my dog. That's my dog." But it um, it died six years ago. No, it died when he was a little kid. Right. So, oh, okay. Or I don't know. I, but that's my dog. So, it couldn't be another who, dog that looked the same. It's who could still pay attention at that point. <laughs> Morse, when she goes to the airport, like she knows exactly where to find him. Mm-hmm. I know we kind of a little right. bit there. They're like she could just go to the airport and know that he's going to be there. Like at the TSA checkpoint. Yes, he's at the checkpoint this time. Uh, so it wasn't at the ticketing center, right. but she knows exactly which random spot in the airport he'll be. So it's after the dog scene that you have. Patrick Wilson running out. So, all right, so, so I, I didn't get this. So he runs out into the street and the bus breaks and stops yeah. in front of him. And then he, he gets mad and you think it's and because then, they almost hit him. But, he, but in retrospect, you're like, right. oh, he's mad that the bus oh. didn't hit him. He's like, why didn't you try to kill me, oh, boss? Why, why did, did you break? Yeah. Why did he break? Because he's obviously not real. Because then, in the like, in the <laughs> next sequence, he runs onto the train tracks and he gets run over by the train. Well, we don't actually Why see. He... He's standing on the tracks, but then it, I could like, tell. Like, was he on the wrong track? I was like, we was couldn't like, tell because there's like another because because another train goes in front of it. Yeah. yeah. And so and it's they show not clear. us her. They show us Anne Hathaway's perspective, and she just sees both trains go by. And then he's still standing there. Right. So, and so it's like, oh well, maybe he was on a different track. Is mm-hmm. kind of what we're led to believe. Right. But then we're, and then later in the movie, we're like, oh, he survived that. It's like five minutes later. Yeah, <laughs> I just told us that the big reveal. And so, can can I um, I, I shared this. Uh, I want to share this with uh, our listeners. This is my favorite review of the movie. This is from Rotten Tomatoes. Ben Mankiewicz, a top critic on Rotten Tomatoes. He says it is dark, depressing and seems to be built entirely around a twist ending that feels less like a surprise and more like relief. That sums it up pretty yeah. well. Just like, okay, well, at least at least there's some kind of an explanation. So the explanation that they give us that for the reason that the movie makes zero sense is that the movie makes zero sense, right? Yeah. That's They're the like, we, we didn't have to make this movie make any sense because it's none of it's real. Right. Right. Oh, well, let's, let's share the twist. Let's share the twist, which we basically alluded to. Um, so she goes, okay, so she goes back to her sister's house, to the porch where the wilted flowers are, and, like, they're ramping up the conspiracy. It's getting really scary now, because guess who's there? David Morse. Ah, and then she goes to see her mentor, and then she's like, I don't trust you either. Like, he tries to offer her a drink, and she's, like, freaked out. And then I think she has uh, an, an interaction with her neighbor where her neighbor mentions Eric by name. And she's like, I never yeah, told you his like, name. I never told you his name. So it's like, wow, they're all in on the conspiracy. And then at one point, we, the viewer, see her mentor and her neighbor in the same room. And they're like buddies. So it's like, oh, yeah. oh, boy. They're yeah, all in on this. Yeah, she works for the investigator airline guy, too. <laughs> how does she realize, how does she make the realization? Is it Patrick Wilson that tells her? Or does she... No, she figures it out by... So the twist is that they're all dead, that no one survived the crash. And then they show us 
uh, that well, Anne, yeah. Anne Hathaway was actually a passenger on that plane sitting next to Patrick Wilson. She's a pretty pathetic person, and essentially by sitting next to him after three minutes of his no-game conversation makes plans to date no, him. No, on the plane, he's like a totally like nice, normal guy. Like, So in real life, he's... <laughs> So he's it's, a only nice in guy. A, it's only in a fantasy ghost, that he's a <laughs> as a ghost. He's an asshole. Like, what? Why was that? Why was that a thing? Like, what? What was he? What was the point of his character? Like, uh, <laughs> I, because you you think like, oh, he's learned. He learned something. But I, I don't. I don't like. I guess as hey, a ghost. Well, here's 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 where I have questions. So, none of them survived the crash. Everybody died, and. The the airline kind of guy who intimidates her, more David Morris, was actually the pilot. We find out, mm-hmm. and so he's and dead too. However, in he's how he, and and what what was her mentor and her neighbor? Or were those her parents or her aunt, uncle? The one the neighbor was her mom. Okay, I think. But it's like and, some of the people in the afterlife. Uh, Andre Brower was her teacher from teacher. like. When she from was in like psychology school from psychology elementary school. elementary school, um, but uh, which it seems like it, okay she has an elementary school education that's why she <laughs> is that kind of psychic. <laughs> um, Here are my questions. So it appears that that Anne Hathaway and Patrick Wilson in this movie are characters who have died and are in the afterlife, and everybody else in the movie exists to help convince them that they died yeah because uh patrick wilson says like because she says why didn't you tell me and he says oh you can't tell anyone they have to figure it out for themselves right and so that's that's the explanation for these disappearing Uh people who like appear on the fringes and are kind of stalking them like it they want them to find it out on their own so they're going to kind of spook you a little bit but then run away do they want them to or they have to like could they were they not could they not tell them like what would have happened if they but here's the issue though like david morse why was he a sinister player in this plot exactly so like why is he like was 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 he not in the afterlife Trying to figure out why he died. I, 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 I mean, because he took the blame for, you know, because he said no, it was the pilot's pilot error. Pilot, the pilot wasn't in. The, the pilot wasn't in the cockpit. He was flirting with it. And how does how does flirting with a flight attendant? Please, it's twenty twenty. Um, well, how does flirting like, with a, fl- a flight attendant cause an engine to explode? Because they showed it, the engine exploded, like, as he's flirting, and then he right, runs Right, Anne Hathaway is flirting, and she looks out the window, and it's on fire, and yeah. then it explodes. And, mm-hmm. and hang on, wait, they hire people as co-pilots who can't fly a plane? Yeah, You're telling me that you if the pilot know. is not in the cockpit, <laughs> that the there's no one else? The co-pilot will accidentally hit the self-destruct button. <laughs> <laughs> And then they have this just like meaningful conversation on the way down as there's none of them have their oxygen masks on and the cabin <laughs> is completely depressurized. Everyone will be passed out, but they all like are looking around and like realizing things as they plummet towards the beach. And <laughs> David Morse runs back in, tries to do a Sully Sullenberger, but he just smashes right into the beach. <laughs> well, and the plane also has fallen apart at this point. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's, he's got he's, he's, he's got basically more problems right. than just 
a pigeon. Missing the runway, yeah. I mean... You know that there are people out there who think that Passengers is a masterpiece. They think that this movie is better than anything that Christopher Nolan ever made and put on screen. Uh, the, mm-hmm. it, it's an intricate plot. There's a great cast. There's great music. Uh, the, the score is tremendous, whatever. Like, they, they, there are people out there who probably love this movie. And I, I just want to tell them that everyone who is associated with this piece of garbage, including like Edward Schemer, who made a score, every single ca- cameraman, every single assistant that worked on set, they should all be sent to Gitmo. It, 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 it's uh, so it is terrible. It's a failure on every level. And so, here's the thing. It is 19% fresh, according to critics. One out of five critics said this is a good movie. Yeah. And thirty-five percent of, <laughs> so, of audiences said yes. One out of three, not more than one out of three people said this is a good movie. So here's a here's a five-star review from Amazon: A plus movie, suspenseful, <laughs> suspenseful, moving, and well directed. I really like this movie a lot. I did not expect it to be this good. It's part paranormal, normal sci-fi, part moving, inspirational, thought-provoking. That's a lot of parts. This had suspense in it. It keeps you interested throughout the movie. I also love how it has a lot of meaning in it toward the end. A movie that will make you think. <laughs> Loved it. Definitely recommend. The trailer does not do it justice. It was so much better. Uh, I, I, oh my um, goodness. This person questioned their own life after uh, five stars. Watch this movie. You will be thinking about it days later. This movie personally left me with questions, questions about my own life, inevitable death, and the years in between. I agree with another reviewer. You definitely want to watch it at least twice. There are subtle clues throughout. The, oh yeah, <laughs> throughout right. that you will miss the first during the first viewing. The fact that people watch this twice is on un- Ryan. You're gonna love this review. I've literally seen every twist ending movie ever made. This is in my top three as a former writer a former oh writer like well former? He's, like what, he, you're retired he, is, he aspired to this so as a former writer i think it's incredibly all caps underrated it's genius don't pay attention to the negative review reviews it's golden you have to really with many l's maybe maybe okay you have to really pay attention to appreciate it Maybe they're a former writer because they use too many L's in there. This person, just the the title of this person's five star review, best movie in a long time. Shallow people will get bored. I mean, hang on. So, why is this movie called Passengers? I mean, they all die. Hmm. Well, more like former passengers. Former pass ex passengers. Oh, that would have been so good. Yeah. Shoot. Oh, I had this written down. Um. So at the end, we see her sister, who actually didn't disappear, who is very much alive. We see her sister going through uh, Anne Hathaway's apartment. I, this. <laughs> she opens a card that had not been sent. This is amazing. This is and, amazing. This is the best part. And Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Hang on. Anne, Anne Hathaway had written her sister a card, and here's what she wrote to her. You... <laughs> You are my. <laughs> it's two lines. It's like it's like eight words. Half of them are "You are my sister." <laughs> you are my sister. <laughs> this is these are cards that I will send to my brother all the time now. Yeah, you are my brother. Dwight Schrute has been vindicated. It is your birthday. Factual statement. 
Yeah. It says, you are my sister. My life is incomplete without you. Yep. And that that, that, that <laughs> solved, that fixed, put so much time into it. I, like, oh, man, I can't just, all I have is my life is incomplete without you. That's not long enough. What else could I put? Well, let's, <laughs> let's break it down. Who is it to? Well, it's to Debbie. Uh, all right, guys. Debbie? What do I know about uh, Debbie? Uh, what do I know about Debbie? Sister. Yeah, that's good. That works. That's totally true. Can't she can't argue with that? She can't deny that. No. Mm-mm. On uh, on that note of brotherly sibling love, uh, mm-hmm. I believe that we have reached the end of this podcast. Uh, any, Wait, we're quitting the podcast. You guys want to say about this movie? We're we're stopping recording. We're, we're not going to do any more episodes. Yeah. No, we're not. Was it? Said, uh, said 98 now. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else, Thomas. From the SSEU podcast, we bid you guys a good night, a good luck, and we will catch you again next week. If the plane doesn't go Did you say your dad was a twin? My dad's a twin. Yeah. And your mom? And my mom. Are you what? a twin? I'm not a twin. Oh. Uh, what, how you, you've seen Kirk. Like? You've seen Kirk. <laughs> We're like the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito twins. <laughs> <laughs> this is Junior. No, not Junior. The other I, don't, I don't. Don't compare yourself to Danny DeVito. He's a oh. he's a movie star. Yeah, he is. You know. Why, but uh, how? I have no how is, being a movie star. How, how is your dad? He's a bit of a hypochondriac. Um. So <laughs> I, 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 you know, he senses something, and I. He talks about a burning in his lungs. What else did he say? Anyway, so, but dad is, dad is frustrated because, like, he's a pastor, and this, this was, like, going to be, like, the grand reopening of church on Sunday. And, um, oh, like, mid, like, he knew that he was exposed, and then, like, midway through uh, Saturday, like, he realized, I'm starting to come up with symptoms myself. So, how many days in? Just He's, like, like two days in. Two, okay. Because, like, yeah, it... it you know, wait, it can be wait, two wait. weeks of symptoms, right? Right. Wait, yeah. so he he is two days in with symptoms? Yeah. So okay. he is burning in his lungs, weird things with his ears and eyes, um, not really a fever. Any any trouble breathing? No? Or rest resting no, no trouble Bird, breathing. The burning. <laughs> the burning. Uh, uh, so, his, and his resting heart rate is usually very low and it's it's elevated. Mm. So Yeah, that's a uh, so is he, uh, I don't even know what you do. I mean, it's just basically just you got tested. Home in case it gets worse. Does he have like a, a, a blood oximeter, a pulse oximeter? What? I don't know. Should, you can buy those. You can buy those at Walgreens for like 30 bucks and they'll tell you your, yeah, blood oxygen. No, level, it, goes, yeah. it goes on your finger and it tells yeah. you your blood oxygen level. Cause if it drops before below 95, then that's you, you need to like go to the hospital. Is that the thing that they put on your penis? Oh. <laughs> All right, here. Let's uh, put this on. You just try, take your pants off. I well, my pants that. are my pants are already off because I'm at the doctor. Right. <laughs> just, just immediately get completely naked and wait for the doctor. To walk in. Well, I mean, you get naked before the nurse comes in, right? Sure. Well, the nurse takes you to the room, so there's no. 
It's the time you're not with the nurse because the nurse like says. Well, that's why right. I get naked in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. And that's why you also like you've just gone through so many doctors. <laughs> and have been arrested so many times. That's why you got arrested at Herbert and Gerbert's because you were <laughs> yes. naked. I just came from the doctor. They kept my clothes. I wanted a sandwich. Anyway, so I, I was being introduced to all of my new life. Well, not this, I, I'm sure. Do you call them coworkers if they work in the same place as you, but they don't do the same thing? I, I guess. Well, it depends. Are, are, are they below or under you in the hierarchy? Uh, all of them. All of them are under me. Oof. Oh, well, then I, there, there, there'd be other choice words I would use for them then. Yeah, that's Okay, so I was Minions. introduced to all of these underlings. Okay, underlings, yeah. Yeah. Insignificant people. And when we were being introduced, like, because my boss like took me around and we like visited their offices. Did you tell them about our podcast? I mean, that's the first, that's how I introduced myself. Okay, Hi, thank I'm you. Thomas, Good. host of SEU <laughs> podcast. Okay, uh, I'm just checking. Listen. Uh, I'm just checking. We'll see. If, if I don't survive that long at this job, maybe that will be a reason. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, and so... We would, we would like both I and the person I was being introduced to, we would like extend our hands and then realize, uh uh-uh, uh, that's not how you do it. You would think that after being introduced to the like 10th person at work, I would, I would know not to do that, but it was really hard. So in the end, I just stood with my hands crossed. Um, but we also talked about how there are these. Wait, wait, wait. So you extended your hands? Was this like an Abrahamic oath kind of introduction? Uh, a little. A little bit above above that, I think. I like, vow to you that I will be <laughs> a fair ruling poop doctor as a well, as under dear underlings. Do you know like the alternative ways? Instead of shaking hands, you will like touch elbows. That's so dumb. So I I, I did dicks. that. I, I did that. <laughs> Like there were all these like I don't know if you saw the videos where people were like touching feet in sex, oh. you know, like instead of shaking it. Did you see that? Like, yeah, you know, like, I've seen that. Yeah, and, where people will so, kind of tap their feet together. Right. Like, uh, one of my coworkers talked about how uh, one of her kids is doing like basketball uh, practice or whatever is on a basketball team, and before the game this past weekend. Uh, they did that, like they were like tapping feet, and she was like, "How is this a good idea? What if like they're facing the other team star player, and they just you know fucking launch into it instead of tapping? They just like kick them in the shins, and they can't play yeah. the game." Oh, well, if it's the other team star player, then great. Yeah, good job. Just like wear steel-toed boots and Nancy Kerrigan, Nancy Kerrigan them. You or I guess it should be Tanya Harding them. That that episode of Always Sunny where they had to coach uh, yeah. the that kid's basketball team and Mac put on a pair of steel-toed boots and stomped on Dee's foot. It was phenomenal. 